Hi, this is our last Frankenstein podcast. My name is Scarlett Beret. My name is Kira. My name is Sandra. So the first question states that in the introductory video we watched before Frankenstein, so tense is the struggle between Victor and the creature that both have merged together in our collective imagination. In what ways do Victor and the creature merge into one by the end of the book? So for the first question, I think the merging was really seen throughout the novel, and it was definitely fueled by regret that made them each, like, compete against each other through their hatred for one another. And they definitely merged together because Victor was super unwilling to have compassion for the monster, as you see right off the bat when it's first created. And... I think he's kind of maybe embarrassed, but also tormented with that he created this thing that, like, killed so many people. And um, I think the merging truly occurred when the goals, like, when all their goals intertwined and their lives became stuck to one another. Um, An example of this would be when the monster coincidentally kills Victor's brother and also when they're following one another to certain places in the world. And, um... Also, I kind of saw how they kind of liked the same girl. Like, he, I think he saw Elizabeth's, like, pendant picture on William's, um, like, body. And he, like, kind of fell in love with her a little bit. And the one last, like, coincidence I saw was them making promises to one another. And I think that overall made their characters so different but really similar at the same time. Um, For the ironies that I recognized, I thought that they... Um, they were both like super vengeful for one another, but at the end, they both never achieved their goals of truly killing each other when the whole story was based on that one true goal. And um, one other irony was um, the cause of the merge's hatred for one another, but yet it's ironic that they cannot stray away from one another when in my life, I definitely would not want to be near anybody that I had a strong hatred for. And um, one, okay, one similarity that I found, I know it's kind of long, but I found that the parental, like, outlook that the monster kind of had to Frankenstein was continuous, and there was always something that the monster seeked out for Frankenstein to grant him something, like, for the female or for freedom, like, by killing him, especially in the beginning, he's always watching him, or, like, right in the beginning... Uh, like Victor wakes up and he sees the monster reaching out for him and I think that also symbolizes like something a son would do to his father I agree with Scarlett about them kind of merging throughout the story they kind of seem like they've become very like close in their goals like Scarlett was saying about like where they are and I know that's because they were the um creature was trying to get revenge but i also saw it more as um the creature's crimes becoming more of victor's crimes as well because more to the beginning of the story we see victor kind of referring to the monster's crimes as like he unleashed this creature onto the world and now the creature is um causing all these problems but then towards the end we see um victor kind of taking almost more direct responsibility for it in the prison he says um whose murder i am now laminate because he believes that he is 
um, the direct cause of these deaths now. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you guys about how like it's kind of gradual they're merged with one another however i think that it's like it's more like well known like it's more visible throughout their like desire to destroy each other in the last few chapters like they both were just so like tempted to hurt one another and we see Frankenstein's creature kind of like leading him up to the north where he knows that Dr. Frankenstein can't handle that type of climate and we see Dr. Frankenstein himself like purposefully going through that climate in order like just in order to kill his creature like they both wanted to hurt each other and I kind of see that like in the contrast, like especially like right, totally at agree. the end, we can see Frankenstein like not being any sort of remorseful towards wanting to kill this creature, but his creature is remorseful for the deaths that he caused. Because like now he can see that like what he's done has also driven his own like creator to die, and he kind of like registering it in yeah. his brain at that point in time that like oh i have done all these things that were really bad just in order to hurt my own creator so yeah to add on to sandra and kind of what scarlet was saying at the very beginning there um you see a lot of similarities with their like hatred for each other and that's almost what brings them closer in a way because they are both so like trying to like hurt each other that they almost merge yeah i think the whole merging thing was very apparent especially near the end like i listed some examples at the beginning but i think near the end you truly see especially after getting the monster's perspective especially during the cottage like era i think it really helps to show irony between the two characters but also like how similar they truly are and even though victor abandoned him like i was saying about the son and father i think it's kind of it still kind of reflects that the monster was kind of raised by victor because that's all he's known the even through like vengefulness and following him okay moving on to question two it states Frankenstein was written in 1818, 203 years ago. Even so, in what ways is the novel as a whole relevant to readers in 2021? What relevant truths, insights, warnings, reminders does it provide us that help us navigate our 2021 world, both personally and as a society? So I think that most truths about the human condition are present throughout a lot of time periods because the human condition is something that happens to everyone in a lifetime. But I think more specifically, we see loneliness and being around others while still feeling alone, which in the book can be seen with Walton on the ship, because even though he has all these people on the ship working with him, he still feels alone. And we see it with Victor, who has a big family, um, yet still experiences loneliness, as well as the creature who... um, who we can see that loneliness causes a lot of uncertainties in oneself, much like how, like, the creature 
feels there's no one like him and wonders if he fits in anywhere. And we see this loneliness turn into vengeance and other bad qualities, which kind of shows how dangerous feeling alone can be. And we see it a lot in this society too, through like social media. Yeah, to build on what Kira's saying um, about being lonely and like not really relating to anyone in the society, I also think that that kind of ties into the world that we're living in right now, like just kind of getting out of quarantine and how that's impacted us. Like even like now we're having this on Zoom. Of kind of also ties into like, the mental health awareness. A lot of people were doing like really bad during this quarantine time, and also like that's shown throughout the book about like Walton feeling lonely, being isolated from others, and just like want. Okay, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. Sandra, when you get back on, say your last little piece, but I'm going to build off right now, okay? Okay, wait, you're back. You're back. Go, go, go. <laughs> After, you were talking about mental health and then it cut off. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, kind of what I said after that. That's but... okay. Okay. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, especially about like mental health and people like not like doing well during quarantine and you know taking care of themselves mentally. It parallels demonstrated through Walton wanting sort of comrade and Frankenstein wanting like a female companion just to spend time with so that they don't have to live in their anguish by themselves. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think a lot of people want companionship, especially during quarantine. But what I was talking about is kind of what Kira was saying about, like, social media, but also what you were saying, Sandra, about just, like, this generation. So one quote that kind of struck me and let me, like, go off onto this discussion was when Victor says, how dangerous is the acquirement of knowledge and how much happier that man who is who believes his native town to be the world. So I kind of use this quote because I think it shows how everybody makes decisions on what they want to figure out. And just like society today, that's why we have careers and jobs for the purpose of gaining knowledge higher than anybody else for that specific like career path. But just like the quote says, sometimes ignorance is bliss. So on the flip side, decision-making comes at, his, at an ultimate price, just like how Victor definitely rushed into the creation of Frankenstein as a job, but it turned out to be like a nightmare for him. And from that, it left the monster ignorant, ignorant to the world. And like nowadays, I think it's similar, but if the world had treated the monster as a friend and built him up from there, I think the monster would be a lot happier but he learned from others, just like society now, where differences are, like, really bad to other people when they should just be, like, normalized, um, that he wasn't like the others. Yeah. And that made him definitely more vengeful towards Victor because he made him unlike the others. And I think... Um, present-day children are just like the monster in terms of the truth that bad habits are taught from those who know more 
than children and I think that really includes racism, homophobia, and, like, the distinction between what's right and wrong, because those are very prevalent problems in our society, and they're taught from people older than us. Like, nobody would ever distinguish these different stereotypes had had society not been built on them. And I think definitely it shows how the monster was judged severely for being, like, unique, and it was present-day bullying in, like, a fictional world. And just to, like, close up what I was saying about, like, social media and the generations, like, now, I think the book Frankenstein definitely reminds us um, to think before we do in terms of, like, consequences and words just by looking at the regret of Victor and, like, the monster when they created or killed. And they never, like, spoke up. Uh, Actually, they kind of did speak up to one another. And they got a lot really aggressive without hearing the other side. And it... I think it definitely shows us that two sides, there are two sides to every story. And just like our discussion in class, like an incomplete story really doesn't tell everything, which I think um, was really nice when Victor finally heard um, the monster's story. And I think no matter how basic it is, like the moral of the story was to treat others how you want to be treated because right off the bat victor invited the monster to harbor negative feelings by abandoning him and to be honest like when i was thinking about this i kind of thought as i kind of recognized the monster as like a little tiny puppy (laughs) and victor as like the person who abandons them and then these nice people make like commercials about the puppy and i don't know i just kind of connected that back to the monster because i thought like he was very helpless in a sense before he met the cottagers and the cottagers were like those those people who would advertise like oh help this puppy but then they kind of turned out to be bad too just because of his appearance so I think obviously the whole moral of that was to treat others how you want to be treated and knowledge isn't always good so that's what I got from this yeah I completely agree with Scarlett going back to the whole stereotypes and social media thing what I was trying to um say before was that we see like loneliness kind of coming from knowledge because knowing all these stereotypes and standards and seeing them everywhere and not feeling like you're living up to them can kind of cause us to feel lonely and out of place which is definitely a truth that we see very present in Frankenstein. Yeah I definitely agree with both Scarlett and Kira. Um, to kind of build off of what Scarlett was saying about vengeance and, like, also care about, like, we live in a world where, like, society kind of, like, brings you down, um, I definitely see, like, represented in the story, vengeance is, like, the whole message, kind of, um, about, like, yeah, their, their whole journey, it's, like, fuels both. Dr. Frankenstein and his creatures kind of get vengeance at each other for hurting each other and it kind of turns into that like childish oh you hurt me first no you hurt me first that's true and um I definitely think like the truth represented through that is like that vengeance isn't the way to go about things and that maybe if they could have just communicated girl you're you're frozen (laughs) you're frozen oh she's still talking (laughs) 
Okay, Sandra. Sandra. <laughs> you just blanked out that whole time. I was trying to warn you. Oh, no. Okay, it was right after you talked about, like, if they had just been kinder. <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein and, and the creature being yeah. kinder? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If they had just, like, been kinder to one another and kind of, like, understood where the other one was coming from, then... I, I don't want to say the whole story wouldn't have happened, but it definitely would have been at least a little bit better. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, does anything does anything have to be added? No. Okay, let's go on to our significant quotes. Go. All right, I kind of want to lead in with my with my chosen quote here. Um, spoken around the time when Dr. Frankenstein was visiting his father's grave and like in agony and anguish so this stems from his pain let the cursed and hellish monster drink deep of agony let him feel the despair that that now torments me page 120 and i think that reveals like how much he's feeling in that time and also kind of like bringing back to ven or um yeah vengeance about how he wants his creature to feel the pain that he's in even though his creature has already gone through so much pain he still hasn't like comprehended the fact that both him and his creature have had it rough in their lifetime um would you mind so yeah. reading the quote one more time sorry yeah uh, let the cursed and hellish monster drink deep of agony. Let him feel the despair that now torments me. Okay. Yeah, so I definitely agree with you. Like, I think sometimes Victor is kind of selfish in a sense. Like, when he only kind of cares about himself, when he knows that he is, like, forcing pain onto um, the monster as well. And I think that's what my quote kind of symbolizes, too. Um, the context is kind of like a conversation that Victor has with his father right after returning back to Paris, um, after being sent to prison, obviously, after um, Henry's death. Henry? Yeah. And um, his father hears him talking about, like, how he murdered Justine, William, and Henry, and he kind of says this quote, A thousand times would I have shed my own blood drop by drop to have saved their lives, but I cannot, my father indeed, I cannot sacrifice the whole human race. So I found like a, a lot of importance in this quote because just like you were saying, it kind of reveals his like utmost feelings. And no matter the duration of the time since these events occurred, he will always know like the drastic effect of creating the monster in the first place. And he believes that like killing the whole human race, um, like he would have to have the whole human race die for his sins to be forgiven. And it kind of shows, like, I, I, I kind of talked about him being selfish when you said your quote, but I think at this point, it kind of shows him as selfless because um, we saw, actually, maybe I was trying to tell him that he was selfish. Okay, but, like, when he was refusing to build a woman, like, for um, the monster or run away from it for his own well-being. He knows that, like, because of these deaths, he cannot isolate himself anymore, and he's gravely, like, accepting that this one action has cost the life of many individuals he cares about. So, at the same time, like, he's selfless but selfish. That's kind of like a tongue twister. But 
I think when I was thinking about this quote, it kind of prompts me to think about decision-making on a very like long-term scale and how one decision can be made without thinking and have an effect that can never be repaid for, especially because Victor was like symbolizing that the whole world dying could never repay for what he's done to his friends. Yeah, that's a very good point. Going back really quick to Sandra's quote, um, I think that's a very good quote for our one of the first questions we did about them merging because we kind of see them... Girl. Okay, so we kind of see them merging in that um, Victor's like hardships are becoming the monsters and we kind of see that like... Victor's pain should also be the creature's pain. Um, and then going back to Scarlett's quote, I think that um, we can see that a lot and that uh, a quote I found was that um, prosecuted and tortured as I am, can death be any evil to me? So I thought this tied a lot to your quote because we see that um, he wishes that he were dead almost because yeah so um on page so my quote is on page 129 in chapter 21 and it was right after um victor sees henry's dead body and he wonders to himself um (laughs) death snatches away many blooming children the only hopes of their Dotting parents, how many brides and youthful lovers have been one day in bloom of health and hope, and the next a prey for worm and decay of the tomb? Of what materials was I made that I could thus resist so many shockings, which, like the turning of the wheel, continually renew my torture? So in this, we kind of see that um, bloom kind of connotes a sense of birth and innocence and even health. Yet they're um, still taken, Um, and Victor has a lot to pay for, yet he's still alive. So this kind of reveals a truth seen in the text that um, death doesn't have mercy or order, and it just takes. But um, we also see that his life is worse than death, so maybe this is him paying for his, like, in quotes, sins, like going against nature and being the indirect cause of so many deaths. So this is being alive is actually his punishment worse than death. Right. Okay. So that kind of goes straight into my question. And I don't know if that if your opinion on the question would be clear. But my question is like, Victor states numerous times in the story of Frankenstein that he wants to die due to the mistake of letting Franken or letting the monster into the world. Does Victor dying without completing his goal of destroying the monster show the true nature of life and death, or would Victor killing the monster been a more fulfilling ending for Victor's character? What do you think, Sandra? She's un- Okay, so Sandra's having technical difficulties, so Kira's going to answer my question first. So I don't think that um, it would be a more fulfilling ending for Victor's character to have defeated the creature because it kind of goes against a lot of like the themes and like um, truths in the text and that 
Victor, if he were to kill the monster, it wouldn't show much, or the creature, sorry, it wouldn't show much about how he, like, grew as a character and learned about all these horrible things, like the dangers of knowledge and um, all these bad things that came out of uh, creating the creature. Right, but, like, at that time, Victor had just seen Elizabeth dead, right? Mm-hmm. So, so don't you think that he would want to kill him to be vengeful to get justice for Elizabeth? I do think he would, but I don't think that um, that story, like that ending to the actual story itself, would have fit very good. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I agree. Because I think, mm, I think Victor killing the frank or not frankenstein killing the monster would ultimately still have the same like effect like i think victor would still be miserable regardless if he killed the monster or not so i think with my question i kind of agree on both sides of the spectrum because it's like confusing in a sense that this like why does uh the monster get a choice at whether he goes and kills himself or not but victor doesn't so that's what i have to say on the matter Sandra, are you able to answer now? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, kind of like to go back to kind of what I started off with, I think. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein, like even on his deathbed, was still not remorseful at all at his want to kill his creature. And so I feel like he, even if like he did succeed at killing his creature, like it would only make him feel good for what like a minute and then it like hit him that he just did the same monstrous act that his own creature had done to other people just like murder like take someone else's life away so i feel like if anything he'd probably be in more pain right i think we all kind of said the same thing like we're in agreement that like pleasure only comes for such a short time especially when it's a matter of like life or death and so yeah I you kind of swayed my opinion I think it would have been best if Victor had just died Mm -hmm. and I think it's a good ending that they both died because I liked how the monster kind of like lost its passion when Victor finally offed himself (laughs) so so yeah I also think that um it's very So we see that he's already had so many, like, deaths in his family and hardships. It's almost like it wouldn't even be that fulfilling if he were to kill the monster because he's already lost so much. It's not like he's gaining anything from that. Okay, Sandra, let's ask your question. Okay. Okay, so kind of like taking a step back and changing the course of the conversation uh we from the beginning we see parallels made between dr frankenstein and walton um and like at the end frankenstein like told his tale and walton is like processing it and he's confronted by his crewmates about like oh we need to go home like we're not feeling safe and he originally makes the choice that like no they're gonna keep going and he like ignores them However, like, literally right after that, he's like, oh, I guess we will go back. So what do you think the symbolism is behind him changing his mind? Like, what do you think that kind of, like, represents? 
I think it's possibly how much he's learned from the situations and stuff and how he has kind of just even in that second grown to have um like be selfless yeah and I think even in that instance no matter how much um Victor wanted to go and get um the monster I feel like even Walton knew that through all those hardships Victor probably would obviously be too sick to get the monster finally to kill but also I think maybe he kind of saw a sort of like weird passion in Victor's eyes about wanting to kill the monster because when we see this part of the text he has nobody left everybody's dead and I think the only person who's like keeping him afloat is the monster no matter how bad that situation would be Okay. Question uh, really time. quickly, I'd like to um, ask this last question. So, um, Mr. Kerwin, even that's how you pronounce his name, Kerwin. Okay. So, even <laughs> though he suspects Victor is a murderer, um, he shows a large amount of kindness towards him, and I thought that was um, very interesting and somewhat ironic and contrasting to how the nurses and townspeople treat him. So, what do you guys think is the significance of these gestures he makes to Victor? Um, so I think Kerwin, I think since he's like a judge, he's always seen matters of innocence or guilt. And I think with the emotion that he showed once he saw Henry's body, I think that really showed him that he was innocent. And no matter how long he was placed in jail, I think that just showed that what I was saying before, like the second question of like our like actual questions that we have to answer i think morals are shown and definitely a pure heart is what mr Curvin had to add on to that i think that like mr Curvin kind of like as a judge he kind of has to take every like point of view into account into what's going on and i feel like just like him being a judge having to kind of like force himself into a mindset of understanding everyone's point of view and kind of being patient with other people it's pretty much like what he needed dr frankenstein what he needed at that time for like someone to just like think that he's telling the truth and not crazy so i think it was just kind of like a relief for dr frankenstein to have a person like corbin to um to be there yeah, I agree. I think that was just like a very nice gesture that he would do to him. Okay. Thank you for watching or listening to our podcast. This is um the second Frankenstein podcast wrapping up um with Sandra, Kira, and Scarlett.